Welcome to The Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to The Money on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 5th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they affect your economy is what the show is all about. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 41150 or online at themoneyr.com. And our lineup for today's show, Valerie Hockett of Excuseless Life Coaching, Unlocking Women's Intuition. Also in studio, we have D. Gupta of D Coaching, How to Recognize Energy Vampire Situations. And our last guest in studio, Lisa Hawkinson of How to Get Organized LLC, Get Our Own Chaos Test Score. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information, again, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And let's start out today's show. Keelan, what do you think? A little money chat? Sounds good to me. Money. Money. So, Keelan, what do you got going on today for Money Chat? Well, I was going to be brief a little bit today, but um, I've been... Wow, I've, that's unlike you. I, that's unlike me. I know. I'm so <laughs> long-winded. This is crazy. Just, just kidding. I'm it was just, just anytime you set me up for a chance to to do something, I'll do it. That's why we love you. You got to keep me yeah. on my toes. All right. But we've been talking, at least I've been talking a lot about businesses opening and closing on the east side. And there's been a lot happening here recently, first and foremost, and this might be sad to a lot of people... Macy's is closing in downtown Seattle oh. in February of 2020, which is yeah. like... And they're talking about Nordstrom right, too, right? And they're, uh, I've heard Bartel. I haven't heard anything about Nordstrom, but it's crazy because it's been there for 90 years. Yeah. And like every time no I think more about parade? that... Well, they're yep. still doing the parade this year, Okay. but we don't know what's going to happen like coming up next year or who knows what. But everybody thinks of Macy's. They think of... The holidays and the the star. I guess the star is going to stay. Okay. But that's kind of a sad thing, you know. That but it's a kind of a changing of the guard here in Seattle. A lot of new businesses opening. It looks like some older businesses are closing. Google is just bought Kirkland Urban, mm-hmm. which is another five hundred thousand square feet in Bellevue. And then on the Seattle side, uh, Expedia finally opened their campus. The brand new. It's supposed to be this gorgeous yeah. waterfront campus. So just huge business and employment in Seattle is is rocking. And you know. A little bit of a change of the guard, like I said, but it's really interesting to see how this is going to affect our local economy, the housing, you know, and everything going on. They say 2020 is going to be a very strong year, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting when all these businesses open, how strong and how that's going to affect our economy. Yeah, well, I think we've got uh, great things coming uh, here in Seattle, and even though there's adjustment, when there's adjustment in the market, because there always is, uh, Seattle is always 
Seattle's seeing the least of it because of our employment opportunity. So yeah, exciting. Yeah. That was a really short money chat. That's all I got. So you just got to fill the rest now. Yeah. No, no pressure. It's all good. We got great guests in here. They'll fill the uh, they'll fill the show up. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about appraisals and as a consumer questions that you might have and maybe some of our real estate agents that listen to the show because we have a lot of them that do might have some questions. So I wanted to bring these in here. Uh, will a homeowner receive a copy of the appraisal? Yes, you do. The Equal Credit Opportunity Act, ECOA, requires creditors to automatically send a copy of the home appraisals. Now, you're not getting it from your lender or you're not getting it from your mortgage consultant. So Keelan and I are not sending out your appraisal, but it comes directly from the management company, uh, management appraisal company. And it's really great to hold on to that and have it for your records um, just because it's great to hold on to anything important, especially when you're paying for it. Uh, can an agent speak to the appraisal appraiser? The answer is yes. As a mortgage professional, we cannot speak to the appraiser. We can, but it's it's very sensitive uh conversation because it can't be anything around the value of the property or even the condition of it. So uh, really, as a mortgage professional, we shouldn't be calling, just go through the appraisal management company. But as an agent, you can call and talk with the appraiser much as much as you want to. Just keep in mind they're busy just like you are. So unless it's really important and there's a conversation you want to have, what I would encourage for you as a, as a real estate agent, if you get the opportunity, is you may not be able to go out to the property because you're already going out to the property for the inspector. And that's, you know, it's hard uh, going out and commuting places now, especially when it's so easy to do stuff virtually. So what you could do is you could do a little virtual chat, uh, even not with the appraisal appraiser live because he may not have he or she may not have time to do that. But send over a little video, uh, introduce yourself and let them know that you've got a great package that's attached to the email with everything that you've already done with the research for the property. I don't know why every real estate agent doesn't do this because my guess is and if not, uh, yeah, buyers and buyers need to be working with different agents if they're not doing research up front. Because as an agent that's representing a seller and the agent that represents the buyer, both of you are getting information regarding that property, a lot of information and a lot of data. Why? Because you're coaching your seller or your buyer and how much to list or pay for that property. So all of that work that you've already done package it and put it together for the appraiser because it's going to make that appraiser's job much easier. And the appraiser does have an opinion. Opinions are different. So do you want the appraiser's opinion on the side of you or not? So make their job easy. We also have an appraisal form for you to fill out, which was given to me by a top appraiser, not even in our local market, but in the country. And so he knows exactly what appraisers want. So it's a form that you can fill out and you can actually attach the things that are asked there. So who do you talk to if you feel that there's uh, inaccurate information on the appraisal? Again, as a mortgage professional, we're not doing that. As a, an agent, what you want to do is prepare information that the appraiser may have uh, missed out on. Again, this is the benefit of providing all of the information you have up front. And, but um, as a buyer, you're paying for that appraisal. You can talk with the appraiser, of course, as well. And to get more information on why you think that appraisal might have been inaccurate, this could come into play if you're doing a refinance or something. And on that note as well, if you're doing a refinance, whatever information that you have on upgrades and things that you've done to the property, provide that to the appraiser. Make sure you're there with the appraiser to have a conversation about your beautiful home. Uh, what does the lender give the appraisal? The, uh, the, why does the lender give the appraisal 
the contract to the home to the appraiser because they must do that. The appraiser has to have the contract and know what's inside the contract. You may not know this, but the type of down payment that you're going with has a determination on the value of the appraisal if there's multiple offers on the property. Why? Because the appraiser is looking at somebody that's coming in with a 20% down payment or higher that's paying less than you. You're the top bidder in all of these uh, offers that have came in and you're coming in with a very low down payment. It could affect the appraiser appraisal, meaning that you might have felt pressured to give a higher value because of your low down payment. They're also looking for concessions, what type of a concessions are coming up on the property. Why do appraisers sometimes take assignments if they live outside of the market area? I don't know. We don't do that with our appraisal management company, which Gateway actually owns it, which is a real benefit and nice because a lot of companies don't have their own appraisal management company. They have to go through third-party vendors, and you don't have as much control over a third-party vendor. We don't send appraisers that are out of our area. So the appraisers that are randomly chosen, because yes, they all are, that's still a requirement after the financial meltdown, uh, but they're randomly chosen from a, a select group of appraisers that we have vetted and that they fit within, they're within that property area. So If you're getting an appraiser that is out of the area, I would put a a call into the appraisal management company and make sure that he has he or she has a lot of experience in this area or ask for another appraiser because that can be a huge impact on the value if they don't know what's happening in our local market because they're not out there doing appraisals every day. And how long does it take for an appraisal? It really depends. Um, Get all your disclosures and things things signed as a buyer and back to the lender as quickly as possible so that can be ordered. Uh, We're not having any delay with appraisals. Uh, We typically get them back in a week, maybe maximum two weeks, but we're going to fully underwrite, do everything else that we need to with the loan. So the appraisal is just a slide right in there Um, and pretty a non-eventful process as long as there's no challenges or issues with the appraisal. Another question may be, um, how can I know more about the appraisal process? Uh, Talk to your lender. Uh, You can also go to Appraisal Foundation's Guide to Understanding a Residential Appraisal at realtor.org slash appraisal. If you need that information, you can call into the show or you can go to our uh, website at themoneyhour.com. Who orders the appraisal? It is the mortgage uh, company that does that. We're ordering it, again, but we're not choosing who the appraisal is. They're randomly chosen. Uh, but it is ordered by the appra- the lender. So as a buyer, if you're doing a refinance, don't go out and do an appraisal and think that's going to be provided to the lender because it's not. So you've just paid for something you're going to have to now pay for again. Uh, as a seller, if you've got an appraisal that you've done on your property to help you decide what you're going to uh, list that home for, unfortunately, that cannot be used. So that's our money chat today, a little chat about appraisals and what you may want to know. Coming up next on The Money Hour, unlocking women's intuition. Valerie Hockett of Excuseless Life Coaching, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, after the short break. Are you a tech professional who wants to get your voice heard in meetings and events? Are you tired of being invisible or of people talking over you? Do you believe you have the talent to make more impact at work but don't know how or where to begin? Are you living on autopilot not knowing where your time has gone? Or do you want to make the best use of your time on this planet? To have a powerful voice in this world, you need to build up your communication skills and courage step by step. To live your life in a powerful way, you need to have crystal clear goals and work through problems along the way until you achieve those goals. 
Dee Gupta of Dee Coaching is an expert at unleashing your personal power and will coach you through a simple and easy to follow process that will build up your skills and courage. Dee is passionate about firing people up to follow their dreams by walking them through her effective proprietary process of goal setting and follow through. This is Dee from Dee Coaching. To learn more about me, visit my website at speakpowerfullycoaching.com and follow the links to connect with me on social media. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 5th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I am your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so that you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions, or more importantly, to connect you with the guests that we have on the show please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, we have Valerie Hockett of Excuseless Life Coaching, and we're talking about unlocking women's intuition. And Valerie, thank you so much for coming into studio for the first time. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Very excited. (laughs) And a little bit about Valerie. Valerie is a certified health coach and currently working on her life coaching certification through the Health Coach Institute. She has been in business for a short time, but coaching has become second nature to her for the last five years. Valerie has a passion for helping women live out their day-to-day lives, confidently trusting their intuition and experiencing a fulfilling life. Valerie is happily married to her husband, Brian, and they are looking forward to starting a new family soon. Congratulations, hopefully really soon. Oh, yeah. And during her uh, time off, Valerie enjoys walks with her dog, Bristol, yoga, kayaking, hiking, paddle boarding, camping, eating out with her friends, decorating, and organizing. Every week, you'll find her training in... What is that training? I'll let you finish. Oh, um, jujitsu and Muay Thai. There you go. And uh, from the Kalai Academy, Valerie loves her life and expresses that every day. You can tell that she has a life of a successful coach. Right? I like her style. Mm-hmm. Having fun and she can kick your butt. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> jujitsu is a crazy thing. Well, Valerie... Um, Tell us, and we're all interested in this awesomeness that you got going on right now. Tell us about your story. Well, um, so I was actually born and raised in Florida up till I was 23 years old. And um, I was an aspiring actress and model when I was probably from fourth grade to my younger 20s. Wow. And so I grew up with a happy hunky-dory family, older brother, kind of the all-American family at the time. Um, and my parents have been together even till this day. So everything was, you know, pretty average. We go to church on our Sundays and we just had a good time. And, you know, everybody has their ups and downs with families, of course. (laughs) So as I got older into my younger 20s, I ended up finding myself very stressed out with the acting and modeling career and just ended up saying, I don't think I'm really good enough for this or I'm capable, so I'm just going to drop it. And that was actually a habit that I had throughout my younger years was something's really stressful or very Mm -hmm. hard, so I'm just going to give up because that's a lot easier. And then I ended up 
going towards missionary training because I wanted to travel and I wanted to help out. And I ended up going to a school for a year to study on, you know, scripture. And I came back and one of the things with my family is we're very adamant in spirituality. Mm -hmm. So my parents, and I highly respect my father and his views and trust them. So he ended up, when I came back, saying, oh, we changed our beliefs. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So we kind of went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I ended up not becoming a missionary because I didn't no longer agreed with that way of life. Yeah. So that was very stressful. It was very um, manipulative and controlling to change me over that way. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother ended up... um, making me feel convicted to the point of like covering my hair and wearing clothes that were at least covering up my entire arms, always wearing skirt, loose clothing, no makeup at all. I felt completely uncomfortable at the time because it was not what, how I was raised. Yeah. Um, So how is that, how's that transitioning now, Valerie, into what you're doing today? So it was so impactful because I mean, I was being, at the time, I wasn't doing something that I felt comfortable doing, and I was stuck in somebody else's world. Mm-hmm. And I kept going around and, like, stayed in this, like, cycle, and I felt very hopeless for my future. I wanted to get married, but I felt like, no, I need my parents. Mm-hmm. They know everything, and I can't live without their knowledge. And so finally, I was able to um, step away from that when I became a nanny in Idaho. So there was a big story in between that. Um but I was finally able to step away from my parents. And I had a really awesome friend during that time to talk to. And she just allowed me to be myself because mm-hmm. I had no one to talk to. I had no friends. I didn't have, we shunned away the family. And so she accepted me for all of who I was and allowed for me to open up. And I was like, you're not, you know, running away. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting struck by lightning because of these thoughts that I have that are, you know, kind of like not in agreement with certain things that I thought I had to be. So that was so impactful to me to the point where I started to understand how life was functioning. And then I was like, okay, a change needs to happen here. Yeah. yeah. And accepting myself and allowing myself to stumble and make mistakes in important, life. Was, definitely important part so of the sounds, process. Sounds yeah. like your tragedy to triumph, Tina. Every yeah, time Tina? there's a tragedy, there's a Every triumph. Every time there's a tragedy, there's a triumph, as long as you know how to reach and fight for that triumph. Yeah, it kind of knocked you off your uh, off yeah. your balance, mm-hmm. and then you came back as a brand new person. Is So what's your goal now and purpose for starting Excuseless Life Coaching? Well, and that's one of the things that I noticed so much growing up is when I, I would talk with people about you know, health or anything in particular, there was always an excuse why they couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, you guys are irritating me. <laughs> excuses, excuses. I'm like, why don't we just go with excuseless life coaching? And Love so it. that um, that experience of complete transformation. Uh-huh. I mean, I look back at my life and I'm like, how did I, what was I thinking? Like, that's yeah. nowhere near where I'm at today. I completely went uh, entire 360. Well, and and that's like, what's so great about your life experiences because it brings you to where you're at and what you're supposed to and what you're meant to be sharing because you wouldn't be sharing excuses life coaching if you had not gone through all of that time where you were making all of those excuses for yourself. Correct. Yes. I mean, it's a be- it's a beautiful thing. So let's talk about uh, intuition because I know intuition means a lot to you um, and what you're teaching through your coaching, Valor- Valerie. So let's talk about that. 
So intuition is basically, you can call it various things, gut wisdom. Um, some people say it's a, either it's spirit is guiding them, mm-hmm. um, source, sometimes um, depending on your belief, you sure. could be saying, you know, Jesus or Holy Spirit. So I'm very open to all the different beliefs and respecting of that. Um, but intuition is definitely something that you feel. And I've noticed that that's definitely been put down a lot. Feelings, um, don't trust those. They're wrong. I'm mm. from where I've been. That's what I've always yeah. heard. And so as I began to try actually practicing the trusting of my feelings, um, that's when I experienced change. And that's where every time I took a step forward into something, I was like, wow, like if a lot of times people say, oh, I remember this one time where I, w- I trusted my intuition and I didn't drive down that road and there was a car wreck. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. intuition right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I believe that with intuition, your gut, your whatever that is, it, it never steers you wrong. It's whether you know how to recognize it, which mm-hmm. is in your first seconds, or if it steers you in a direction you didn't want to go. But it's still always right. It's just you have to follow it and you have to know how to read it correctly. Otherwise, you miss that intuition or your gut. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of times, and I do try to point out, sometimes intuition is going to lead you to something that you didn't really like to do. Exactly. And you're like, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. I was trusting it. I thought something great was going to happen. Something great did happen. It's a stepping stone to that greatness. Valerie, let me ask you, how do you know if it's your intuition? Because that's a really hard thing. It sounds like you've had to distinguish between, you know, what you thought you knew and what is actually yours. How do you how do you differentiate between the two? So some of the things I even do for myself is if I have these conflicting thoughts, I'm feeling this and I'm thinking this. Um, Eckhart Tolle was even making mention. If you're thinking, if you're having a struggle, then, you know, basically separate what you're feeling and thinking and go with what it is that you're feeling. Mm. Um, Sometimes you can do that by writing down, like, what is it that I'm thinking? Who are you? And I like to suggest, who are you thinking about when you have this thought? Sometimes we're thinking about mom. Yeah. What would she say in this situation? What yes. would grandpa say? In this? What would my teacher say? What would, you know, my siblings say? Usually it's family, but it could be anybody for yeah. sure. And um, yeah, it's just about identifying, asking those questions. I always encourage to write it down and identify it in that way. And then identify what is it that I want? What is being said and what is it that I want? And that uh-huh. takes practice, too, at being able to accept the things that you want. Yes. And actually trust that, you know, if you go after it, you know, you will have it and it's going to yeah, be okay. It, it does take practice to to be able to let your na- your uh, intuition, I call it my navigation system, to lead you. And it's, it's a process. So what about uh, the fact that women more likely would you'll hear that women have more intuition or they feel their intuition stronger than a man does. What would you say with that? So women do have a connection with their emotional side, Mm -hmm. which is why they're able to connect so much better. Does not mean, however, that men are not able to connect to their intuition. They just have to work harder. Yeah, probably. And some of them, not so much. Everybody is so different. And I just like to just really separate people from this, you know, mainstream idea that it's it's only women like yeah. we should also very much be encouraging men to trust theirs as well and that's the benefit of men and women and our differences is women have a way of being able to pull that out mm-hmm. if you know how to you know wield that sword yes <laughs> yeah um you can definitely be you know what we're all meant to be which is equal and partners with one another to helping in that way 
I like that, Valerie. Mm. I uh, I agree with that as a man myself. Sometimes it's tough to differentiate between the two. Uh, what does a session look like for you as far as your co- coaching sessions are concerned? Um, a session right now, um, I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more in the works. But for the moment, it's um, I like to do over the phone for about 60 minutes and at least do four consecutive sessions. That way we can get to know each other. Yeah. And then define from there if we're going to continue either weekly, maybe bi-weekly, or once a month. Just seeing where it is and what all is that they're needing. Some people are just so new to trusting their intuition they want to do it. And some of them just need a little bit of pick-me-up here yeah. and there. And so I want to be able to make myself available to all ranges. Yeah, that's awesome. Great information that you're uh, you're sharing. So if a, a listener wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that, Valerie? Um, currently at the moment, it's going to be my email. I'm working on my website at the moment. So it's going to be excuselesslifecoaching at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 360-840-840. 0530. That's my cell phone. So it's I've got it on my hip all the time. Perfect. <laughs> and of course, you can call the show at one 855 411 or go online at com, and we'll connect you with Valerie. Valerie, thank you so much for coming in and joining us in studio. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. And coming up next to the Money Hour, how to recognize energy vampire situations, D. Gupta of D. Coaching, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after this short break. Are you a tech professional who wants to get your voice heard in meetings and events? Are you tired of being invisible or of people talking over you? Do you believe you have the talent to make more impact at work but don't know how or where to begin? Are you living on autopilot not knowing where your time has gone? Or do you want to make the best use of your time on this planet? To have a powerful voice in this world, you need to build up your communication skills and courage step by step. To live your life in a powerful way, you need to have crystal clear goals and work through problems along the way until you achieve those goals. D. Gupta of D. Coaching is an expert at unleashing your personal power and will coach you through a simple and easy to follow process that will build up your skills and courage. D. is passionate about firing people up to follow their dreams by walking them through her effective proprietary process of goal setting and follow through. This is D. from D. Coaching. To learn more about me, visit my website at speakpowerfullycoaching.com and follow the links to connect with me on social media. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Well, welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, October 5th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call at one 855 
1-855-411-1150. Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. In studio right now, we have a regular contributor of our show, D Gupta of D Coaching. How to recognize energy vampires situations. Do you have to say I love it when I'm uh, looking for Because we have our guests come up with their own title and we ask them, well, we don't even ask them to make it fun, but um, uh, D, always, I'm excited to always hear not your title, but then how the title is connecting with our conversation. So D, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love being here. And a little bit about D. Uh, she is a part-time coach and full-time rental property business owner who has done extensive study on emotional growth. Her perspective is that you are where you are choosing to be in your life, your financial status, your quality of life that you live, and your relationships with friends, family, or a significant other, other Everything is either where you want it to be or where your belief level is of where you can be. The stage of personal growth you are at in each area of your life determines where you are in that area. You cannot make more money than you believe that you can make. You cannot have a better relationship than you believe that yourself was capable or deserving of having. And your belief in your own worthiness in each area of your life sets the tone for where you are and D is helping people break those ceilings. Love it, D. Out of whack. Out of whack. Or out of good. Out High. of good. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm tracking with you. I'm tracking. <laughs> Energy vampires. That's an. Int- I'm pretty sure I've ran into a few of those in my life, yeah. and uh, you know, once or twice. And Kirsten, no, get your feedback on that. What <laughs> is an energy vampire situation? So um, I'm going to explain it with just a very basic um, thing and then I will go deeper into it. So when you are with somebody in a moment and you are talking to somebody and you feel a little bit put down or when you leave the conversation and your energy has gone down, you don't Mm -hmm. quite know why. You may not necessarily know what happened? They didn't even put me down. I don't understand what happened. But you just feel a little bit lower after talking to them. And I'm not talking about the introverted situation where people just generally feel drained and they need to recharge. I'm talking about going in with a lot of enthusiasm and energy and then coming back out of that conversation, feeling a little bit low. So when you're talking about it, you're talking about a situation, that particular situation versus a person as being the energy vampire. Why is that? That is um, something that I like to do is not label people. And that Mm -hmm. is a little bit of a pet peeve because we have all done it. Yes. I have been an energy vampire to someone and all of us have been like that to someone. So I'm... um, I call it an energy vampire situation because it is at that moment when you are with someone that the way that person is feeling, it's making the situation be an energy vampire situation. So um, when people label people as this person is a narcissist or this person is an energy vampire, it is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine yeah. because we are all narcissists yeah. at some point. Well, and, and you're a beautiful person, Dee, because yes, our words of other people does put something out in the universe. So I love that. It's a situation. It's not the person. And that's the best way to help them to right. continue to be better and to become who they're supposed to be. Right. In my mind, Dee, it's like the, the negative conversations or somebody like dumping on you. Right. Those are the 
are the ones where I'm like, oh my gosh, they just sucked the life out of me. Like I had <laughs> such a great day and I cannot believe like, you know, and I do, you can get out of those situations and you feel like, wow, I just got knocked down like 10 pegs. Right. How, do you, how do you recognize this is happening to you? This is a bit of a tricky thing. This can be tricky. And this took me a long time and a lot of awareness to understand uh, the nuance that I understand so far. And I'm sure there's deeper to go. Mm -hmm. So the obvious one is obviously when somebody is being very negative or putting you down or trying to make you feel like you're less than because they have done so much. And the other situation is... It's actually the opposite. You're meeting with someone who is doing well and they're just telling you about their life and that they're mm. doing well. And you love the person and you're like, oh, I want to get to know this person. Yeah. That's what has taken me time to recognize because sometimes even though you feel attracted to getting to to like to learning from the person yes. or maybe, maybe picking that person up as a mentor or something, um, it turns out that they are actually putting you down and not making you feel as good. Mm. So you feel, even though you're feeling good that you met the person, you still, the person has been trying to prove that they're good. Okay. And therefore proving that you're bad. Yeah, so, interesting. So it's, it's nuanced, but it's very, it is an energy vampire situation as well. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I've got, you know, I have my barriers um, up in protection, not just for me, but protection for the universe and protection for that person. So I try to always come from a place of compassion. Uh, if somebody's not treating me well or right. somebody sends something bad or if they make me feel bad and always going to my positive place. So on that note, because um, it takes practice, uh, Dee, and I've worked for many, many years to come from that place to where it's very rarely that somebody could get me in that situation. Let's talk about how you're, you're coaching your clients and how do you, when you're around an energy vampire situation, how do you conquer that? The most important thing, and I've said this probably in every single show that I've been with you, and I'm going to say it again because it is so crucial, yeah. is to be aware. Yes. And the way to be aware, the process is to go from a place of unconscious incompetence mm -hmm. to going to a place of conscious incompetence, yeah. knowing what you don't know and knowing that this is happening. And this is what took me the longest. Mm -hmm. And once I was able to recognize this, it was much, much easier to overcome it. Yeah. The first thing is be aware of what's going on. And once you're aware, then there are multiple ways to handle it. If you can remove yourself from that situation, that is the best way. Just yeah. remove yourself from that situation. And if you cannot, then there are other ways which probably people will consider a little bit woo, but I'm just going to say them, <laughs> take it or leave it. Um, close your eyes and picture yourself in a bubble and in a protective bubble. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, or some people will put their tip of the tongue on the roof of their mouth uh -huh. and be aware. Anytime you're aware, you bring yourself to the present moment. And when you're in the present moment, you're much less likely to feel bad. 
And I love that, Dee. I love how you gave tips because I think you have to have a place of anchor, whether it's an image or something that you can anchor yourself. And I love put your tongue at the uh, the roof of your mouth, whatever that is, in situations that are that you have to anchor yourself to put in a better place. Right. Really great uh, suggestion. I love that both of your guys' input on that was all about perspective, controlling your that perspective. Everything's all about perspective. Yeah, that's really right. interesting on controlling right. that perspective and making sure that you're looking at it through a good pair of glasses as opposed to just falling into it, right? Absolutely. So how, I mean, we're all guilty of it. We talked about that. So how do we become those people, those energy vampires sucking the life out of every I'm not an energy vampire. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the time that we become energy vampires, the situations are when we are feeling less than or when we are feeling unworthy, when we're feeling insecure. So if we are, and that could happen well, at any moment. just saying right there, I'm not an energy vampire. That could have come from a place of insecurity of I hope nobody would think that I would do that. Right. Because I literally, when you said that, first thing when Keelan says, oh, we all do it, I shot out and said, I'm never an energy. <laughs> but that, and when you're talking and just, ex- I know exactly where you're going. Right. And why would I voice that out? Unless there's some insecurity that I feel that right. I have to be at a level that, to make sure everybody knows. So that you're never I just energy. had to cut in there because I'm actually going through a coaching session with you right now as you're talking. So Dee, go ahead awesome. and, and finish that. Thank you. So yeah, anytime we're feeling insecure about ourselves for anything, mm-hmm. we are more likely to become an energy vampire for someone else. We're more likely to put them down or or maybe just put ourselves down. Um, we're more likely to be in that situation where we're hurting other people. So yeah. If we have this compassion, I love the word compassion, if we have this compassion for somebody who is being an energy vampire to Mm -hmm. us because we know that we do the same thing, then it's just much easier. Um, You can the way you will treat that situation would be very, very different. Yes. I love how you said insecurity there, because if you think about both sides and how you explained it, it all comes from insecurity. If you're the one upper guy, Mm -hmm. that was your second example. You're the Mm -hmm. one upper. That's always that's because you're usually typically insecure. Insecure, So you have to be that person. And from the other side of it, when you're kind of knocked off your rocker in life and you're just feeling insecure about it because you want Mm -hmm. some validation or you want to feel like you're back to your normal. Both come from that insecurity. That's a fantastic thing. Yeah, it is. Your question, Keelan. Or is it my question? It was your, your, I was yeah. so stuck in that coaching <laughs> moment there. <laughs> so, uh, so Dee, let's talk about um, as a coach and helping people in this situation, how would you treat somebody in that moment when, let's say that you can't get yourself out of that moment, and what's the best way to treat a person that is doing a vampire situation? The best way to do it is just treat them with a lot of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. Just pour your heart out to them. Let them know that you feel love for them. And they are much more likely to get knocked off their um, holier-than-thou moment. Or (laughs) like I'm better than you moment. And they're Mm -hmm. much more likely to become present and become vulnerable. And you're much more likely going to be able to connect with them. Yeah. So... If you're not able to and you're most, I mean, it's not that every time you will be able to, then just move yourself out of the situation if you can or do those protective um, methods. Yeah. At the same time, just constantly know that you're treating them with love and you're not treating them as a person, as a separate person that you are this and you do this and I'm not this. Yeah. Do not create that separation because that's going to hurt you in the end more than it's going to hurt them. 
Exactly. Mm. Try when you've got somebody on the road that cuts you off on the road, and this is what I do, um, is just think about that person and what their situation is right there. I have no idea what the story is behind that. They could lose their job if they're late one more time. They could have gotten a call because something happened to their kid at school. There's so many reasons, and if you can come again from that compassion place, it can help in that process. Absolutely. I thought you were supposed to flip them off and honk. That's not what you're supposed to do. That doesn't serve us very well. Well, You're right. You're right. I'm just kidding. I've I've learned this from Tina a long time ago. Um, Any last advice for our listeners today? My advice would be to observe any situation that you're going into, any person that you're going to talk to. Just observe how you're feeling afterwards and um, observe how um, what the reason is for how you're feeling afterwards. So yeah. it's tricky and it's nuanced and it's not always you, you cannot always blame the other person and say this is this person was being an energy vampire at mm-hmm. that time because it may just be you. It may be all you at that moment. Yeah. So observe it and find like the more you observe it, the more you're going to learn the differences between you just being insecure at that moment versus the person being insecure at that yes. moment. And yeah, it's just be aware and observe. I love that. I love that. And in, in just how you're going to react to this is whether or not you're causing that situation to be more of a vampire situation. So come from a place of love, acceptance, and most importantly, come from a place of accountability. How are you Absolutely. going to react in that moment? Because that's going to have a future reaction and a ripple effect. Dee, thank you so much for coming into studio once again. We love you so much. Thank you. I love being here. Coming up next on The Money Hour, get our own chaos test score. Lisa Hawkinson, How to Get Organized, LLC, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, after this short break. Are you a tech professional who wants to get your voice heard in meetings and events? Are you tired of being invisible or of people talking over you? Do you believe you have the talent to make more impact at work but don't know how or where to begin? Are you living on autopilot not knowing where your time has gone? Or do you want to make the best use of your time on this planet? To have a powerful voice in this world, you need to build up your communication skills and courage step by step. To live your life in a powerful way, you need to have crystal clear goals and work through problems along the way until you achieve those goals. Dee Gupta of Dee Coaching is an expert at unleashing your personal power and will coach you through a simple and easy to follow process that will build up your skills and courage. Dee is passionate about firing people up to follow their dreams by walking them through her effective proprietary process of goal setting and follow through. This is Dee from Dee Coaching. To learn more about me, visit my website at speakpowerfullycoaching.com and follow the links to connect with me on social media. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, October 5th show. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts each week, bringing in the best of the best experts in the local arena and everything that has to do with your 
money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio right now, we have Lisa Hawkinson with How to Get Organized LLC, Get Our Own Chaos Test Score. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for coming into studio. I've known you for uh, for a little while, but it's taken a little while to get you here. Yes, and I'm so I'm nice to be here. Thank so you so happy me. to have you. And a little bit about Lisa. Uh, Lisa's author of Calming Your Chaos has helped businesses and individuals organize and calm the chaos in working and living spaces as well as their lives. Lisa refers to herself as a professional organizer, life navigator. Love that. Her workshops, along with her hands-on coaching in person or by phone, has evolved from her natural genetic bent for others. Lisa is passionate about making a difference in people's lives to decrease stress, improve productivity, and profitability. Lisa, I feel like I'm setting you up with this question, but (laughs) if you had to, could you list your home for sale in 30 days without too much stress? You know, I actually could, and I haven't been able to say that my whole life, but I've learned that is a key question to ask. And after asking an audience that one time, a fellow in his senior years said, that was fabulous. He goes, now I know Mm -hmm. what to do. So that really has inspired people to get busy and do what they need to do and take care of things so they could move if they had to in 30 days because life throws your curves. Yeah, it does. And if you if you can't pick up and move in 30 days, there's probably some chaos that's happening in the house. And if you have chaos, chaos in the house where you live, eat and raise your family, there's chaos that's happening in all areas of your life, most likely. So, Lisa, what is the chaos test score? So it's not it's I have a series of questions I ask to see where people land like. If, if you brought in the house three bags of groceries, could you set them down your countertop? And that just seems like, well, that's kind of a stupid question. No, that's normal. Uh-huh. And that just tells you right away, I don't have any room on my countertop. Yeah. And I've seen homes where every surface is covered. There are a dozen bags of non-perishable groceries on the floor because there's no mm. room. And I've seen a mother who can't make a smoothie because she can't find the parts to her blender. Yeah. Wow. So it just gets down to how... Are things running in your life, in your home? That's just one of the questions. The other one is, and this is always fun to ask women, if all your clothes are clean tomorrow at noon, would they fit in your closet and your dresser? Yeah. They get, I get whiplashes on that. Uh And one woman said, yeah, I could. I said, she said so confidently. I said, well, how many dresses do you have? Which I've never Uh said before. She Mm -hmm. goes, three. And the women around her were just shocked. So I had to say, how many are you allowed to have? Yeah. How many more will you have? Yes. And I bet you do uh, the roll-up things in all of your things in your drawers, correct? I'm not that big a deal. Okay. All right. It's more like need use. That's my theme. Got it. What do you need? What do you use? Love it. We just get bigger closets. That's what we do. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I, got, a, I got a huge, huge, big closet. I fill every space of it. <laughs> Another garage bay with a few more racks. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's But I do have extra three bedrooms that have uh, huge closets, and I don't use any of those, so I think I'm good. That actually stresses me out, Lisa, just talking about it, like the clutterness, <laughs> and, like the clutter and all that. Oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Can't do it. No, thanks. Uh, what made you want to start coaching, Lisa, others about getting organized? It's very interesting because I was embarrassed I liked order all my life because my family teased me about it, so I tried to hide it. Someone commented on my slides one day being in order, and I was ashamed, like, oh, Lisa, you're such a doofus, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was sick for two years, literally in bed with a virus. 
And I could see I was getting well near the end of the two years. So I just prayed a simple prayer. And I just said, God, what will I do the rest of my life? Yeah. And almost all of me, he said, help people get organized. I went, that's weird, but that'd be fun. Yeah. I told my mother-in-law, she goes, oh, Lisa, you'd be so good at that. Write a book. And so I just did. And I couldn't sit up yet at the time because I, it hurt too much. So I reclining on the couch, and I took out my yellow tablet and started writing the book. And I just said, just do what I do. How arrogant of me. And then I saw my first client, and I had to ask her if she saved used Band-Aids. And she looked back, she goes, I'm not that bad. Uh-huh. I, I had never heard of a hoarder or seen a hoarder's home. Yeah. She certainly had one. Huh. And I worked with her for several years, but I thought, someone like this is never going to read my book, so I just put it away. And about 2014, I just felt inspired to get back to it and do yeah. it and finish it. And it was part of a whole big process of overcoming childhood issues you know family yeah, of origin sure. issues my dad i felt like i had no self-worth yeah and you know just a, again another story of people that are doing what they are meant to do it comes from a story that got them there and it's the tragic side that allows you to reach that triumph and share and help other people and i think there's a lot of people that have a lot of disorganization in their life uh lisa what about the benefits of what you talk about calming your chaos. Love that. So I have people recognize that stress impacts our health, their sleep, everything. And they go, okay, I'm really out of whack here. I have inherited my mother's things. You know, I have seven storage units that I've inherited and people have just pressed upon me. And I just said, we need to take care of it. So we just really dive in. So it's your health and your stress, your sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's important. It's a big factor. Yeah, I noticed, I watched like a, a movie, Minimalist, mm-hmm. and then I realized things are, are stressful. When you collect things, that's so much stress in your life, and so it feels so good to purge. So I could totally understand how this can improve people's lives significantly on all levels. It's so good that you're doing this. What if I'm in that position and I want to start in my life to make some of these improvements? I'm feeling overwhelmed. Where do I start? Well, for some people, it's so hard to just get to that starting place. But when they do, they decide to do it. And I try to encourage them to involve their heart in this decision. So if these things are so meaningful to you, it's not that your grandmother and your aunt that you're giving away or throwing out. You'll remember them forever. If you never have those objects, you'll still remember them. And if you think, well, I don't need it or use it. It's taking up so much space. It's impacting the family. If I put it on a shelf in a thrift store, Mm-hmm. with a mission that aligns with my heart, mm. I'm helping that mission. So this thing that I've been storing for two years, yeah. 10 years, 20 years on the shelf will sell and help promote saving the lives of pets, yes. the homeless, yeah. any number of people, any number of if, heartfelt events. So get the heart involved. Yeah, and I love that. And I'm just, you know, thinking is in that process, If uh, take a picture of that sitting mm-hmm. on the shelf and in that store. If you've got baby clothes, take a picture of those baby's clothes packaging up for a mother that doesn't have the money and the resources to buy those. And uh, then put that on a digital to where you can actually go through and just embrace that moment with all of those things anytime you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so important. So let's talk about uh, what you mean by smooth organizer makes me want to sing it's like <laughs> it's like the raisin song right exactly so you know there's, over there cracking yeah. up. <laughs> there's life with birthdays and celebrations and vacations there's school there's family life there's grocery shopping and meal planning 
and then life throws you a curve and you have a four day stay in the hospital and you come home and it's Thanksgiving. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, you do it if life's not in huge disarray at, before you go in. Yes. So things are in fairly good order. You have a system for keeping things in order. Things don't just accumulate at random, you know? Clothes yeah. stay clean. Yes. And so people just don't have routines anymore. They just kind of fly fast and furiously. And I love that because uh, uh, most of you in studio um, probably know this. Definitely Keelan uh, does. I mean, everything should be have a routine and a process through that process. So if you feel any Mm -hmm. emotional stress attached in your life, it's emotional stress that's attached to something that's not organized at home, or it's an emotional stress that's attached to something that's not organized at business. And once you can get that new routine going, that's going to serve you at a higher level, then everything can change around that. It's so impactful. People don't realize how much stuff just wears them down. Yeah. And when you think about it, you can be more productive, you know, you can save time. So I, I joke about it, if you had a nerdy little 13-year-old that just had a stopwatch and talked about how far you walked, how many steps you took because it wasn't necessary, back and forth and back and forth. So I see those things. And if I help people save 10 minutes a day, that's two weeks a year. Yes. What more could you do? I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. Well, you know, if you had less stuff yeah. and had a place to live, and so I started out helping people organize. I thought that was the key thing, you know, yeah. a better organized kitchen. I'm really a whiz at that. <laughs> and um, any size, any configuration, it works. But it's more than that. It's your whole life. Yes. And so that's where I've kind of merged into a professional organizer, life navigator. Love so that. in talking with people, I can hear where they don't have time for their two-year-old. Yeah. Because they've just booked so much in their life. I'm curious on your take. How do you see this with people with business? Like, how does the, all this, you know, all these negative effects kind of wash over into other parts of your life? Oh, that's brilliant because I've helped firefighters, fire departments, teachers, realtors. I helped a dental office. The dentist was a bit of attached to a lot of things, and she ran out of home in her place in her home to store it. So it stored at work. And so her staff didn't have enough room for their stuff, so it was all out in the receptionist table. So we had to backtrack and tell her she had to take her things out of the office. Yeah. They didn't belong there. And then the staff could get things in the proper place in the office, so it impacts the office, the personnel. Yeah. And how people use their desk drawers. Like That drawer is not for your personal wardrobe, yeah. you know, a month of supplies. It's for things essential for your office work. Exactly. I am like such an organized person, yeah, but... <laughs> But, 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 what about that closet that we have in our office that I have like all kinds of things in that closet that is actually meant for more people? It's not my personal (laughs) stuff, but it is a lot of things that we actually can get rid of. So I'm going to commit to the team, uh, half of it being here in studio right now, that I'm personally going to clean out that office. So you've inspired me to take a little action there, uh, Lisa. So Lisa, what about some resources that you can provide to our listeners today? Well, you can email me and get two complimentary chapters of my book, Calming Your Chaos. Mm -hmm. And on my website, I have six really nice little sheets of paper that describe where to stage things. So if you're starting to downsize, a major downsize, and over there's a stash for donate, over there's a stash for sell, this is going to a new place, I have really pretty signs that you can put up. So when the family drops by, how can I help? I say, all right, let me direct you. Go put that in the for sale pile. And that's really fun. It gets everybody involved, and you don't have to stop and think. Thank you for providing those resources for our listeners. You're welcome. Lisa, any last advice? I mean, we're running out of time here, unfortunately. Um, 
any last advice that you'd like to leave for our listeners? Any tools or anything that you feel like would be helpful? I think decide that you're going to start. You're going to be honest with yourself and aware. Set the timer for 20 minutes and say, for 20 minutes I'm going to look for what I can easily let go. And then put that in a box or a bag and find your local thrift store and drop it off and then make that a regular habit every week or two or at least once a month. And then maybe block more time until you really whittled it down to, to, until you could say, yes, I could l- l- list the house in 30 days. Yeah, I love that. Lisa, thank you so much for coming into studio, sharing all your tips to uh, have a less chaos uh, life and to really be able to then take your life to the next level because of that. Thank you. It was a joy to be here. Thank you. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. And we'll be here same time, same place next week, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, and MLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.